0: does have it all. All of our pre-owned
1: vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties, a two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty, and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today, or click drivehubler.com. Hubler has it all. Half
0: past 12 on a Monday. Good afternoon to you. My name is Jake Query, Jimmy Cook, the other voice here on this program. Eddie Garrison, who looks like he's getting ready to go to a Blue Friday tailgate, (laughs) is manning the ship for us. The rest of the company, if you will, that is hanging out so far here today, Nick Cottonjum, whose last name I can never totally pronounce, is in here helping us out with the web. Graham is hanging out shadowing and joining us now. And I'm thrilled that he is doing so, actually, because not only do I think he's very tight in with the Colts, but he's become uh, kind of an off-radio pal of mine as well. And when they came to me and asked me if I would, on this day, want to take over on the midday show helping things out, I thought, well, who would I want as my first guest? David Letterman's first guest was Bill Murray. And so, if I'm doing a new show here, I thought, who would I like as... A first guest and so therefore from ESPN.com Stephen Holder let me be the first to welcome you to middays on the fan as a guest how are you it's
2: it's an honor I mean I have I have
0: had a lot of honors bestowed upon me
2: not a lot a few okay like two in my lifetime but this is definitely one of the biggest
0: yeah for <laughs> okay. sure well the plaques <laughs> no, in the mail
2: seriously, seriously it, I'm, it's it's really cool I'm glad I'm glad you're getting a chance to do this for sure
0: So let's begin with this, Steven. I think the big thunder coming out of the game against Chicago, the first is – and I kind of – I'm not going to say that it was by design. But if I'm the Colts, I probably am enjoying the reprieve of the constant analysis and scrutiny of what's going on with Jonathan Taylor by people now talking about whether or not Anthony Richardson should have played. So let's (laughs) begin with the Taylor story. Is there anything new in terms of the developments of when Jonathan Taylor could return to the field?
2: Not that we know of. Now, whether there's been some conversations behind closed doors that have happened that that could change the course of this, that I'm not privy to right now. Nor does it seem anyone else is. We haven't heard that, but I do think it's at least incremental to know, or it's incrementally important, I guess that. Jonathan Taylor, we believe, has returned from his most recent absence and and will be accompanying the team to Philadelphia this week. Now, I, I don't want people to make too much of that because Jim Irsay was talking the other night on the broadcast and, and the terms in which he was talking – It sounded to some people as if, oh, well, maybe this thing is settled. I don't think that's the case. I think he was talking in terms of what he wants to happen and what he wants to be the outcome. (laughs) And so when he says, you know, we're happy to have Jonathan Taylor back, well, yeah, in theory, but I don't think this thing is necessarily settled. Now, last thing I'll say is with each day that that passes here, I think it's becoming clear that, that the options for Jonathan Taylor do start to dwindle here because time was on his side initially, Time is much less on his side now.
3: When are we going to get clarity, Stephen, on, I don't want to say the legitimacy of him being on the pup, but, but where is the fork in the road where we learn if he's really still hurt and might be in danger of missing week one because of that versus the holdout is still ongoing?
2: Well, the, the only way, based on, on the way they've conducted themselves so far, the, the Colts, the only way we'll know, anything, you know, sort of concrete is when they make a roster move of some kind, you know, and they say he stays on the pup list uh, at the final roster cut, for example. That's just a, just for argument's sake, right? Um, or if he gets activated, right? And then, then we know then you're deemed to be healthy. But other than that, I, I think it has to come from Jonathan Taylor. And, and that's the issue. We, we haven't heard from Jonathan Taylor, and that's his prerogative. I mean, players who are on PUP don't tend to hold press conferences and, and talk to the media uh, a whole lot. So so that is standard operating procedure. I don't want to make a big deal about that, but uh, but certainly he could clear this up and and could answer some very specific questions that, that Shane Steichen clearly is not going to answer. Now, he's been the only voice on this, Shane Steichen. And, and he has taken the approach, understandably to some extent, like, hey, I'm going to worry about, who's on the field, and the Taylor stuff will take care of itself. Of course, that's not a good enough answer for people, and certainly not for me as an inquisitive reporter, but but that's what we have for now, and that's why I think, really, the the clarity is going to have to come from Jonathan Taylor eventually.
0: Steven, somewhere out there, there is a player that yesterday, midway through the day, woke up and said, I'm trying my hardest to make the roster of the Indianapolis Colts. I'm really pleased with what I did Saturday night in order to try to cement my spot on the roster of the Indianapolis Colts. And I wish more people would have noticed, but everybody was talking about (laughs) Anthony Richardson or Jonathan Taylor. And I wish they would have noticed that I actually had a pretty decent game. That player would be who? Hmm.
2: Well... That would require me actually watching the game, Jake. I, I don't know. I, I did my best not to watch.
0: Regent Bryan's going to come after you, man. Let me tell you something, Stephen. Regent Bryan, last year I made the mistake of going to the Yuletide with my family as a Christmas tradition. Instead of watching a three-win team take on the Minnesota Vikings, Regent Bryan's never let me forget about it. So here you are, a nationally esteemed writer for a national outlet, and you admit a preseason game you didn't watch all of it, right? No, listen, in, in all seriousness,
2: look, I I would say, listen... I don't know if this guy's going to make the team, okay? But but James Washington had that had big play there. And it's interesting because there now is this huge – and he was just signed, I believe, like Thursday,
0: Friday? Yeah, I mean, like he, he first met the team, like on the bus ride, right? It was pretty crazy, right? And so he comes in and makes a play. And, and the reason I bring him
2: up is not because, like, that was enough necessarily, that play is, is enough. I'm not suggesting that. What I am saying, though, is there is – like all of a sudden this huge opportunity at wide receiver. And and I know, you know, when Ashton Doolin gets hurt, people maybe don't make a huge deal about that. But there's like a – there's a real drop-off, I feel like, after the fourth receiver – and if they keep five, people are talking about six. I think the question is, do they keep five? And They will, but I mean, who's the fifth, I guess, is what I'm
0: saying. Well, is it possible, so, Steven, that James Washington, because for those that are unfamiliar, former second-round pick, went to the Steelers, out of Oklahoma State, smaller guy, like kind of a Paris Campbell-type mold, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. kind of a similar style as, say, an Amari Rodgers, maybe more of a deep ball threat than Amari Rodgers, who's more of a bubble right. screen guy. But is it possible that those are the two that would be battling for one spot?
2: Yeah, and then you also have. I mean, there's there's a few guys. I mean, there's Rashard Perryman, but I you know has he had a great camp? Eh, I, I don't know. And then I think you have guys like Michael Strawn. You know, like what's his situation and and what is so? what the problem with Strawn is I know a lot of people like him, but he he doesn't play a lot of special teams. And you you heard Shane Steichen the other night. In fact, after the game, when he was asked about about the fourth or excuse me the you know the last couple wide receiver spots, when he was asked about that. You know, he he was asking you know, what would be the deciding factor, and he went right to special teams you know, involved in being, you know, kind of a deciding factor there. So I, I think that's going to be an issue for for all of those guys. You know, they're all going to have to ask themselves whether they're an asset uh, in the kicking game because if you're not, then then there's there's not really an opportunity for you to be active on game day, and then the question becomes, well, then why are you here? <laughs> so so that's that's gonna be the issue for those guys. and that's why that's why the Aston Doolin, uh injury, while certainly not a huge headline around the country, that's why uh, him getting injured complicates things because there was no question with him. He can return, He can go out and cover kicks. He can do all that stuff. So, you can have a guy like that active on game day. And even if he doesn't play a snap on offense, he has value.
3: ESPN Stephen Holder joins us. Shane Steichen had pushed back post game when asked about Anthony Richardson, emphasizing yeah. the value of joint practices and all the reps that he got with the joint practices with the Bears are we led to then believe or at least surmise that since there's joint practices with the Eagles upcoming, we likely won't see Richardson in the preseason finale?
2: No, actually I, I, I did press him a little bit on it. And, and I thought on maybe a second and third attempt to get some, some clarity, he kind of opened the door to the starters playing uh, more extensively next week, uh, or I guess this week, I should say, but, um, I would say now, having heard that, I, I think they will play some, and here's why. I think here's why it might make sense uh, if you look at it from the Colts' perspective. Okay, they had a long week last week, two, you know, really intense practices. I thought they got really good work, and then you go into that game, and and that is not typical, but it's common, right, to, in a situation like that to not play your starters. Now this week they've got only one practice in Philly. And then they've got the the preseason game on Thursday, and then they've got a couple weeks. So I, I think what I what I what I presume, I guess, is that since Steichen didn't want to have a long week last week, then also play some starters uh, on Saturday, and then go into you know travel in a short week uh, this week. That would pretty much preclude you at all from playing them this week. So I don't know. It's just a different approach. I is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know, but you weren't going to play starters in all three games. That That's very unlikely. So I think that this will be the week that they do play. So, and, and that's the thing. I mean, this is the first time going through all of these things with Shane Steichen, so we're still learning like what his approach is. Maybe next year this will be a little clearer.
0: Steven, you ever seen those commercials where Baker Mayfield lives inside the stadium? Yeah. I remember Baker Mayfield. He, he used to be an NFL quarterback. Yes, I, yes, it, exactly. Yeah. Before he became a vagabond. <laughs> if you you've been in like me, I would assume you've been in the vast majority of NFL stadiums over your career. If you had to live yeah. in one, which one would you pick? Hmm. hmm. This is a good one. Um, you know, Mercedes Benz in Atlanta's pretty nice. I gotta say. I mean, Jerry um, World's got to have a lot of amenities, right? And yeah, including, by the way. Um, a bear spigot in the uh, – well, that's not, not a spigot. What do you call
2: it? That's oh – God, did I really say that? Uh, a tap in the press box. So, you know, good call. <laughs> Actually, good call. And by the way, if you wander around Jerry World or just get lost like I have in Jerry World, you're going to at some point run into the uh, those field-level suites that you sometimes see on television – They are amazing, okay? (laughs) They
0: are amazing. I mean, there's a reason he's made billions of dollars off that deal, right? That's right.
2: I've also uh, sort of ventured around Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, and I would say those field-level suites there, they're they're pretty nice, too. Like, I could get comfortable down there. So, you know, we've come a long way, right? Had I gotten lost in, you know, just to take it back to my childhood, had I gotten lost in, like, the Orange Bowl – or gotten stuck, I should say, in the Orange Bowl, um, you know, you
0: you would want to die. <laughs> yeah, the, the Orange Bowl's a total <laughs> dump, right? I, yeah. I, I think I told you, I, I've told this story many times, Stephen, I don't know if I told you, but... Um, when you were talking about just walking around like the bowels of a stadium, I did that at Aloha stadium during the pro bowl one year. I was looking for, a, I was in the, oh, I was in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it total cookie cutter stadium. Right. But it was yeah. before the pro bowl and I was looking for the restroom and they're like, well, there's a down the hallway. And I went down and I went into an auxiliary locker room and all of the mascots were in there. Uh, most of them with their heads off and the Patriot and dolphin were sharing a cigarette. And, and, and for a lot of people that would be traumatizing forever. Right. Right. I found it kind of cool, to be honest with you. The camaraderie mm-hmm. of the AFC East of, of chugging down a lung dart together was kind of fun, right?
2: It was like Santa and his elves, you know, just kind of sitting <laughs> yeah. around sharing
0: a cigarette. Yeah, it was, kind know, of, like, it was kind of fun I to walk answer. in on. I'm like, don't, don't mind me, fellas, just looking for the restroom. Um, okay, last question, Stephen. It might be a loaded one. Do you believe when it comes to the Taylor situation, which let's be real, uh, you know, in terms of – I don't know how much drama there is with it, but certainly it's a bit of a distraction. Do you believe that Shane Steichen, Chris Ballard, and Jim Irsay are all on the same page in terms of how to handle it and the approach with Jonathan Taylor's discontent?
2: Hmm. Uh, I think it does. It does seem that way. I, I think the the team's perspective, from all appearances, is is that they they want to kind of wait this out and, and hope he comes around and he plays this year and then we handle next year next year that is that is their hope and, and frankly I think Jim Mercer reinforced that the other night when he said uh, if you recall in his comments on on the broadcast he said you know we love Jonathan and we can't wait to have him back and, and I still say that timing is everything that is a reference to a, a contract resolution timing is everything meaning this is not the time so the answer hasn't changed, okay? The answer hasn't changed, nor do they seem to be in a hurry to trade them, which has certainly been something that's been discussed. So, yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they, they think this is going to go, uh, Paris, they think this is going to go the way they intend it to. And it is, that is becoming more likely, by the way, with each passing day
0: steven we appreciate the time as always look forward to talking to you again Colts and eagles now the joint workouts together and then preseason game number three appreciate the time today and thankfully i guess we didn't wake you up right
2: <laughs> yeah there's that that's, that's good
0: <laughs> appreciate it Stephen. all right all right Stephen holder from espn.com when
2: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: Two o'clock hour on a Monday. How are you? Jake Quarry along with Jimmy Cook, Eddie Garrison in here as well. 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Plenty of conversation today, not only about classic rock, but obviously the Colts are the main topic of discussion, joining us now, is Bob Kravitz, who you can read, and I will allow Bob to expand upon where you can read his latest work, which is a really good one. A QA and a with Peyton Manning. Uh, Substack is the website, which is fabulous, because you buy a subscription, and not only can you read Bob's musings of an old sports writer, as he calls it, but that of several different workers uh, in the library of writers they have. So, Bob, let's begin with this. Tell people exactly where they can find the column and the latest that you have with Peyton
1: sure uh it's uh bob Com, and you can uh you can sign up there and uh yeah i'm writing about three four times a week and uh, a lot of colts lately a lot of a lot of talk of jonathan taylor and uh i had my interview with peyton who is uh terrific as usual
0: okay so let's begin with that in terms of the peyton manning discussion um You have had a relationship with him for quite some time. He is now living in the city where you once lived in Denver. So when you first reached out to him, did you find that Peyton Manning was eager to talk about the quarterback situation for the Colts, hesitant to talk about? Uh, Give me kind of the the temperate, if you will, of the interview.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he was eager. Uh, I just, as I always do, I just uh, emailed him and uh, he said, hey, how's Friday at 8.40 8:40 Mountain Time sound. I said that's cool. We talked for about 25 minutes. He was driving. I think he was driving his kid somewhere. So uh, we went about 25 minutes, and he was uh, he was great. He's uh, when he doesn't want to talk about something, uh, he'll just not respond. Um, but nine, nine times out of ten, he does, and he's he's always great.
0: So in terms of Bob. Manning's impression of the approach with Anthony Richardson. I mean, I know what the article says, but I'll let you uh, tend to tip the hand as much as you want here, but it's hard to believe 25 years ago he was in that situation. Did Mm -hmm. Manning learn things from when he was a player that can translate to the way they handle Anthony Richardson?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, like he said, you know, there were probably games where they should have pulled me, and they didn't. They made the commitment that they're going to stay with them uh, come hell or high water, and Um, You know, he talked about some games where they got absolutely clobbered and scored a garbage touchdown at the end of, I think, the New England game. And he said that was stuff they could build on. It was stuff, reps, that he could learn from. That's why I found the whole thing Saturday night with Anthony Richardson not playing against the Bears. I found it so uh, unusual, Uh, you know, talking with Peyton. uh, he, He made it sound like, and I think it's the truth, Every rep counts. And, you know, you can rep stuff in in practice all you want, but uh, there's nothing like game action uh, and not wearing a red jersey. So uh, I thought that was interesting, especially in light of what Peyton had to say about how he learned a little something from virtually every rep he got uh, during the preseason and the regular season.
3: Bob, in the piece, you ask him directly in that Q&A if there's any advice that he would want to give Anthony Richardson, and he opens the answer basically saying that he doesn't like doing that in interview form for a number of different reasons, but he later elaborates on if he was, what he would pass along to him, and talks a lot as well about the, the humility that he's seen already from the young Florida quarterback. What was your biggest takeaway from that answer of if he was to pass along the advice in interview form where the biggest mark would be to help Anthony Richardson's development,
1: I think you know all the obvious ones. You know, keep grinding and working, and and winning over your locker room and, and commanding the huddle. One thing he did say was, you know, you're going to go through some hard times, your rookie year and and possibly second and third year, and don't don't deal with it alone. You know, if you have adversity, have people you can lean on. And that's one of the great things with Anthony. He moved his whole family. Uh, and from some friends up from Florida here to Indianapolis. And I think he's got a support system that's uh, really going to be helpful to him when he, when he does face that adversity because <laughs> he will. I guarantee you he will. He's a guy who's played 13 games in college. You know, Peyton faced all this adversity. He played 40, 45, something like that in college. So Peyton was far more prepared than Anthony Richardson and he still went through all this stuff and uh, I think it was good that he, that Peyton had his dad and he had Eli and you know he understood what was what was going to come and uh, I, th- I think I think Anthony Richardson's got a good support system.
0: Bob when I look at Peyton Manning Bob Kravitz is our guest and we're talking about his interview with Peyton Manning when I look at Peyton Manning and, and the you know the apples and oranges would be this. I, you know the apples would be the fact that both he and Anthony Richardson were drafted very high, and obviously Manning number one. But you know, you know that the keys were handed over to them, and the car was going to run based on those guys being the engine. Ooh. The oranges being, in Manning's case, I think the expectation was that it was not going to be long, and so therefore there was kind of an accelerated timeline in terms of the approach. And in Richardson's case, I feel like, sure, maybe it would have benefited him to play against Chicago, but Indianapolis is not looking for him to be accelerated on when he is going to win them games. Like, this is a long process. Would you agree that the timelines feel different?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Peyton, you know, it came down to Peyton and Ryan Leaf, and I think both guys were viewed as players who would – play right away and have success. Obviously, that didn't happen for either one. And Ryan Leaf's uh, story, we all know what happened there. But, no, I, I, but with Peyton, you knew, you know, it might be, you know, like, like we've seen with Lawrence down in Jacksonville. It took a year or two. Uh, you know, got, you got him away from, uh, from Urban Meyer, uh, got him a professional coach in Peterson. But I do think with Anthony – People understand it's going to take some time. And I'm not talking about a year. I, I just don't see them being a 13-3 to three team that next year the way they were with Peyton in the second year. I do think the timeline is significantly different, and people in Indy have got to just sort of grin and bear it and understand that this is the guy. Look, they would win more games with Gardner Minshew this year, I believe, than Anthony Richardson. But... It's going to be it's going to be great fun, I think, and very revealing to watch not only how Richardson performs, but the way he handles the adversity that's definitely going to come.
0: But Bob, shouldn't we be encouraged by this? Sam Allinger had, I think, 60 yards on the ground, um, and Shane Steichen is a guy that, if you look at Jalen Hurts, he's able to dev- to design running plays. Other than the fact that Anthony Richardson on a couple of occasions has wanted to lower the shoulder and go Earl Campbell at Texas, which probably is not a good recipe for a quarterback, but shouldn't we be encouraged at the way that Shane Steichen might be able to come up with plays for Richardson that don't involve throwing the ball right away? Absolutely. And I
1: had a conversation with Rick Venturi the other day, and he was saying that it was tougher for Peyton coming in because he had to learn a complex uh, passing game from the word go. Whereas, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson already knows a good 50% of this stuff because he's been running it Florida, running it in Florida for the last, you know, year or so. Um, and, and he's, you know, and all that, most, most of that stuff is read option RPOs, all that sort of stuff. So I think that Anthony is going to be very prepared, maybe even more prepared in some ways, to run this offense because a lot of it is going to be reliant on his legs and whoever uh, is playing uh, behind him in the backfield. uh, Don't know if that's going to be Jonathan Taylor or not, but uh, that's another story.
0: Also, Bob, you and I talked about this last week, but I wanted to publicly discuss it because I think it's interesting. The one thing – and I know we can sit here and talk – Till the cows come home about, you know, should they have cut Peyton Manning and Andrew Lock and you know, all that, right? I mean, that's all been cool. exhausted. But the one byproduct of that that I find interesting is it wasn't supposed to be this way. It was supposed to be that if you wanted to talk to Peyton Manning about Anthony Richardson, you caught up with him at the Starbucks in Nora because he was getting ready to pick his kid up from park Tudor, where his kid's going to be the freshman quarterback and he's at the sidelines high-fiving tyrese halliburton after a big shot for the pacers in february and he's swinging by his children's hospital twice a week that's how it was supposed to be and obviously we know that it didn't turn out to be that way um do you believe that denver long term that that's where he is going to be yes i do um
1: First of all, Denver is, uh, is a lovely place, as is Indianapolis. Uh, it's got better skiing than Indianapolis, I could say that. But um, his wife really loves it. And, and, and the bottom line is, you know, if you have kids, you want them to stay in the same school system if you possibly can. You know, picking up and uprooting uh, children is not an easy thing for the kids. And I think it's really important. To, to Peyton and to uh, Ashley to to have their kids stay in the same general area. I think they're in Cherry Creek uh, area of uh, Denver, which is just beautiful. It's uh, very very much like Carmel, I would say. And uh, so I, I think I think he's a Denver guy. You saw him at the Nuggets championship uh, NBA championship games, rooting for the Nuggets. So I, I think I think it, it's not that he's left Indianapolis behind by any stretch of the imagination. He's still very involved in a lot of stuff here in Indy. And the, the fact that he's still willing to talk to me, a guy who thought that he should be let go, uh, and a guy who's not working for, you know, a big outlet right now, tells you that he, he, still has, he still has connections to this city. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think he's upset or terribly bitter about how things ended. I'm sure there's a little bit of bitterness, but I think Denver is going to be their home for for the uh, for the for a very long time.
3: Bob Kravitz with us on Query and Company. You can subscribe to his work on Substack, Musings of an Old Sports Writer. With that Q and A just came out from him and Peyton Manning. Bob, how much does Peyton still grimace whenever he gets asked about the rookie interception record? And I've read, I've read the answer. So I know I responded to you, but he also alluded to the fact that rookie quarterbacks sometimes don't often play long enough in season to be able to get that record. He said he doesn't want Anthony to touch it. That's not worth it to him for that to happen. But right. Shane Steichen makes it seem like he might play every game he possibly can this season.
1: I, 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 think, I think the kid will. Um you know, I asked Steichen when he announced Richardson. I said, if he struggles, we, will you go to Minshew? And he said, Anthony's our starter. So the way he answered it uh, told me that they are going to stick with Anthony through thick and thin. It's ride or die with number five. And uh, I think that's a smart way to do it. Now, if he's getting his brains beat in, which I don't suspect will happen, even though they gave up 60 sacks last year, I think this is going to be a much better offensive line uh, with a year under them. And, uh, you know, with some, I still think their, their offensive line depth leaves a lot to be desired. But unless the kid just gets his brains beat in or uh, just looks like he's losing his confidence, I have a feeling that he's going to be the starter uh, or that he's going to take every snap this year. And I think, you know, especially when you talk to Peyton about how even these innocuous moments when they were getting killed at the end of a game against New England and they put together a late drive against a team that didn't even want to be there anymore uh, and how they took stuff out of that, I think all those, all those experiences are valuable. And that's why I think Anthony is going to get the same treatment that Peyton got.
0: Bob, I'm gonna ask a question I thought of the other day. I think we discussed it a little bit. But you tell me if this is me being way too combination of naive and optimistic. Anthony Richardson started thirteen games at Florida. Peyton Manning started a gabillion at Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence right. started, you know, thirty of them at Clemson. Uh Josh Allen started a gabillion of them at Wyoming, whatever. <clears throat> is there any chance? that for Anthony Richardson, the lack of starts in college actually will benefit him because it will mean that he did not become accustomed to or or comfortable with the luxuries that you have at the collegiate level in terms of bigger gaps and bigger spaces that you're throwing to, and thus it will be easier to create in him newer habits that are NFL-friendly? Mm,
1: that's an interesting question. That's a Jake question right there. That's right. Um, I I I don't know. I, I I think experience is so important, and I think it's it, it, yeah. Look, if you're asking me what I have preferred that Anthony Richardson played 30 games rather than 13 in college, I'll say 30 every time. So yeah, I, I don't think it's one of those things where you know he, he has to unlearn a lot of stuff. That's true, but I don't know. I I, I tend to think that. The more experience you get, the better you're going to be. And Peyton was certainly more prepared for what he faced than Anthony is going to be for what he's going to face.
0: More popular quarterback currently in Denver, Peyton Manning or John Elway? More more popular? Yep. I got to say John Elway because John Elway was the first. True, yeah. but did, did here's what I've always thought, Bob. And, and you know Peyton Manning. I mean, and, and listen, you know Elway, too. I mean, you covered both yeah. of them, right? I have always felt like when people here were like, and, and I'll give you another Jake Query here for you, Bob. <laughs> when people say, you know, will Peyton Manning come back and work in the front office of the Colts or whatever it might be, I've always felt like part of his hesitation in doing that amongst many things, number one, he doesn't need to do it, but seeing how John Elway's name went from being the most beloved figure in Denver sports to a polarizing one that people were calling into talk shows questioning his competency of his job before Peyton Manning came and they won a Super Bowl, but seeing how Elway's legacy and connection with the Bronco fans might have been not entirely but a little bit soured by his executive role – to me was what Manning needed to see to say, I don't want to do that.
1: I think more than anything. And, and we, we discussed this just kind of BS and a little bit on the phone. I think he is just having so much fun right now doing all the things that he's going to do and that he is doing that. I just don't think he wants, wants that responsibility at this point. I think he's, perfectly comfortable and happy you know he's going to teach a little bit you know he's not like he's going to be there every day and have office hours but he's going to teach a class at at Tennessee he's got all his shows he's got the quarterback documentary he's got a lot of stuff going so I, I don't think that he looked at John's failings as a general manager and they did get two Super Bowls and win one but I don't think he looks at that and says you know, I don't need this heartache. I think he's so competitive. At some point, he may want to go back, but right right now, I just don't see it. I think he's just having too good a time living his life.
3: Bob, did anything that Peyton said to you during that interview and conversation change your outlook or overall summarization of what's transpiring with Anthony Richardson here? Not
1: really. I mean, look, he, he, he was totally in favor uh, of Anthony starting right away. Um, I think he would have said that about any of the quarterbacks who had been selected, you know, now at at the time of the draft, and I don't know this because I I didn't ask Peyton directly. There was talk that he was a big Levis guy. Um, That's not to say he's down on Richardson. I think he's intrigued by this kid's massive, massive talent and, and humility uh, and his approach to the game. So I don't know. It's, 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 um, I think that he, uh, like I said, he agrees with it, and he. I, I think he he's going to stay in touch with Anthony because he knows that he's going to need those 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 the, that confidence built into him. He, he's going to have some tough moments, and I think that uh, Peyton understands that, and I think he's going to be a good sounding board if and when Anthony needs it.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: Bob BobKravitz.Substack.com is where you can read Bob Kravitz' latest, the Q&A with Peyton Manning. Bob, shifting gears a little bit within the roster, the Jonathan Taylor situation, in your opinion, by the time this situation with Jonathan Taylor is done it will be messy enough that it needs to be cleaned up with a paper towel, a large sponge, or a wet vac? Wet vac. Maybe uh Stanley Steamer. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe Stanley so Steamer. So you think it'll get that messy?
1: Well, I think it's already been pretty damn messy. And now, I mean, Ursay on TV the other night during the third quarter of the preseason game, I thought he'd try to take the temperature down a little I'd bit. I'd
0: agree. I. It felt like he was actually... I'm not going to say Mia culpa, but he was trying to extend a little bit of an olive branch. Did I Who overthink that? An olive
1: branch. <laughs> and what, one thing he said that was telling to me was he said, you know, when you've been in this business for a long time, you find out that timing is everything. And what this tells me is we're about two weeks away from the start of the season. When it comes to this kind of nonsense, nothing happens until it has to happen. And so I think, they're going to get down to brass tacks here in the next two weeks and decide what to do. Because I mean, keeping him and letting him rot while that may make you feel good. Uh, you know, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. I don't see the point. Um, you know, if you can trade him, get what you can, uh, or make some kind of deal with them doing nothing, not trading him and not paying him. I don't know what, what purpose that serves. Um, They're not going to be a good team anyway, but I'll tell you what, if I want to support my rookie quarterback, I think I'd rather support him with uh, Jonathan Taylor than, say, Jake Funk.
0: Do you think, Bob, that Chris Ballard, Jim Irsay, and Shane Steichen are all 100% in agreement with one another as to how to handle the Jonathan Taylor situation?
1: Well, i got to think
0: as a coach, look, no. I, I think as a coach, you want your best players. Right. You know? And, and, and <laughs> in Steichen's case, it's it's his best interest to, to develop Richardson and, and give him every tool possible, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, look, look does Steichen disagree
1: with the way they're going about it? I, hell, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's a good soldier and he's just doing what he's told. But if I'm a coach, I want my best players. And Jonathan Taylor is probably your best offensive player. I'm not, not, not probably, definitely. So, uh, look, this this comes from up top. Ursay is fighting a bigger battle. It's kind of like when he came out and supported uh, uh, the idea of uh, Dan Snyder selling uh, the Washington Football Team or whatever the hell they're called now. I think he feels like he's doing this for the other owners. It's exactly but, what we were talking like, about. Yep. Like I am not gonna. I'm not going to reset the market here in Indianapolis for this guy and screw the rest of you guys over. Now, you could call that collusion. You could call that good business sense. I'm not sure. But I think there's a bigger purpose here um, for both guys, for both sides. And that's why they've both been so intractable, in my view.
0: I actually thought Washington football team was kind of cool. I, I would have stuck with yeah, that over Commanders. Kind
1: of soccer sound to it.
0: I know, but I thought it was kind of cool, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I mean, I got used to it, right? I got used to it. It was simplistic. The helmets were cool. I got used to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, uh, I'm I, I was finally. Now they're talking about bringing back the Redskins. I'm
0: like, why don't the Indians come back and bring Chief Wahoo with them? Yeah, I, I <laughs> hey, how about? I mean, Bob, you want to talk about how times have changed? If you watch Henry Aaron's 715 home run. Like the third person to meet him at home plate was Chief Nakahoma, yes, and, and, and who's Asian, yeah. mind you. But like, I mean, all of that is like they like we were doing that, really? Okay, yes, not, and not
1: so long ago. I remember being at at uh, when they when the Redskins. I don't even like saying the name, but when Washington was in the Super Bowl in Minnesota, gosh, this had to be in the in the eighties. I remember going to a, to talk to uh, some members of a local tribe, and you know they they were if you you may not remember, but they were protesting the Super Bowl and the use of uh, Native American uh, nicknames and and you know everything else, and it, it just it just confirmed for me the fact that it, it, you know. It's not like the Indianapolis Indians. I mean, Redskins to me is a pejorative. Yeah,
0: it's a derogatory
1: it's term, right? Yeah, derogatory term. Right. What are you doing? And the same, you know. Okay, I was fine with it. I was okay with the uh, Cleveland Indians, but Chief Wahoo. Imagine doing that—that—that that, that kind of caricature for a Jewish person or a black person or whatever. I mean, we'd all be up in arms. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've never been a big fan of. Uh, that sort of imagery
0: by the way i'll leave you with this bob you mentioned the super bowl in minneapolis Mm -hmm. i I don't know they've hosted it a couple times i think but i'm very proud of this trivial fun fact you ready okay i believe the metrodome in minneapolis is the only building to host a super bowl a final four and a world series in the same year is that right i'm pretty sure so that would have it would have been let's see Might have been
1: nine. Well, so there were different years, you're saying. Wait, wait, no, all in the same year. 92.
0: The 92 Final Four, which was the uh, Duke, Michigan, Indiana, and Cincinnati. By the way, that was the first Final Four to have four defending champions in the Final Four, uh, or four previous champions. The 92 Final Four was in Minneapolis. The 92 World Series between um, the Braves and the Twins obviously played in the Metrodome in Minneapolis. And I believe the January 92 Super Bowl was in i'll have to look that up it was either the 92 season or the january 92 super bowl
1: and i believe that was the mark rippon
0: super bowl mark rippon won a super bowl and was a colt right yes he was he was (laughs) he was a backup to peyton manning which takes us full circle bob that's what the hell we do right (laughs) that's a beautiful beautiful segue absolutely perfect bob appreciate it on short notice and nice job with the peyton manning work Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right, Bob Kravitz. Again, bobkravitz.substack.com.